This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Visit BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 51st ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle, besides the fact that I caught you off guard by starting the episode? Yeah, you really did. Uh, but I'm great. Thanks for asking. Uh, football's going to be on my TV this weekend, um, so that in itself is wonderful news. What big games are this weekend? Uh, I forgot Florida to and Miami yeah. play this weekend. Uh, I think Wyoming might play. I could be wrong about that. Research department? <laughs> that was quick. Like 10 seconds in the episode, we're already confused. <laughs> but other than that, um, life's great. How about you, Cameron? Um, I'm doing well for the most part. I actually got some bad news recently. Uh, that Spider-Man is leaving the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I so saw that. that That's I'm, devastating. I'm a big Spider-Man fan, big Marvel movies and comics fan, and the fact that Sony and Disney can't work together is really disappointing for the fans. But that is a topic for a completely different podcast that we do not host. Well, at least you have, what, maybe 20 Spider-Man movies to hang your hat on? Well, no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, no, that is, it's very sad. And, uh, you know, what's, which is the Spider-Man with the Green Goblin? Spider-Man 1, also Spider-Man 3, if you really want to get into it. That's true. New Goblin, also Amazing Spider-Man 2 with that, uh, freak show of a Green Goblin, if you want to get into that. Okay, so. I don't really want to get into that, but <laughs> I do really enjoy the first and second Spider-Man movies. Yes, those are legitimately good movies, I would say. Uh, they're a little campy little nostalgia driven if you rewatch them but yeah they were definitely really good at the time wyoming's first game is against missouri well i don't know why i thought of that so forgive me anyway on this podcast we talk about news and we usually have a big topic to discuss so um we're gonna our big topic this week is the mizzou football schedule we're gonna preview it we're gonna go through each game uh, give our prediction for what we think is going to happen. But before we do that, we do have some news items. First up, it's bad news. Mantra Edwards Jr., one week after we talked about him committing to Missouri, we now have to talk about him decommitting from Missouri. Mantra, you're killing us, buddy. Uh, just when I fell in love with him, really. That, yeah, I know. We, Yeah, just when we were starting to get to know him. Uh yeah, so he was committed for like five days. Um, I think that it was very surprising to literally everyone when he committed to Missouri, including like his like family. And so everybody was, was kind of thrown off by this. Um, so definitely not surprised by uh, him decommitting and wanted to just kind of step back and make sure he's making the right decision for himself. Uh, Missouri's still in the mix here, still might land him at some point. So I think he has rescheduled his commitment date for December. Pushing it back uh, quite a ways there. Yes, He's really taking his time. Well, we will uh, keep tabs on him and see what ends up happening there. Uh, next news item. We talked last week about the fact that Albert O was named to the CBS Sports first team All-American team. And um, that's cool. But what's even cooler is he's now been named to the Associated Press first team All-American team as the number one tight end. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the honors keep pouring in for Albert O, which it's not super surprising considering the numbers he's put up. Um, if anything surprises me, it's that there's just a little bit of uncertainty with his health. I think right now him coming off a pretty serious shoulder injury that ended his season early last year, had surgery, haven't seen anything from him in you know, almost a year now. Um, and then, so we're a little unsure of maybe how impactful he's going to be this year. Hopefully he's as healthy as he possibly can be. And if he is, then yeah, I think he will absolutely live up to the hype. And there's still a few question marks just surrounding the entire offense with there being a new quarterback. You just never right. know how everything's going to fit together exactly when you're bringing in a new quarterback. Sure. 
Uh, switching gears a little bit to basketball. Actually, uh, let's stick with football for just a sec because I'll just throw this into the news. Um, the pronunciation guide uh, for the Mizzou football team has been released. And if I can pull it up here. Oh, who were some of the people that we were questioning how to pronounce their name? Well, one was Tyree Gillespie, but <clears throat> you told me that his name, unfortunately, is not in the media guide, pronunciation yeah, guide, actually, or only his first his name first is. His first name is. Which is what where it is not in question. Yeah. So I guess we should just go with the most uh, common It must be obvious. So Gillespie. Yeah. Okay. That's just going to be final going forward. Uh, who else have we talked about? Um it's definitely the the beginning syllable for Mr. Byers is uh, like U H. Okay. So, a keel. A keel. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Not a kale. No. Okay. A keel. Gotcha. What about um? Ophatale. Yeah, you got that. Is that, is that right? Okay. Here's one for you. Nico Hay. Hey, that's definitely one that I was. Uh, uh, we, we brought him up last week about a guy who a freshman who has a pretty good chance to avoid the red shirt maybe even contribute a little bit at tight end this year uh, i did not know how to say his last name so that is good to know and i think we got this one down obviously um o ku a bu nam okay what about kale garrett uh kale garrett not listed okay. shockingly okay uh so we'll never know on that one last one that looks interesting Trey Vore Wallace Sims. There's a okay. it's a V O U R, so I was I've pronounced it Vower, but it's Trey Vore. Okay. Moving forward. Gotcha. That, those are all great things to know. We'll see how many times we still mess those up through the course of the season. All right, now switching gears away from football, Caleb Love. You may have heard of him. Uh, prize recruit in the 2020 class out of St. Louis has set dates for his official visits, and Missouri is first up uh, September 7th and 8th that weekend um, when they are playing, when they are hosting West Virginia in football. Then he goes to Indiana, North Carolina, and Kansas rounds it out. That last visit to Kansas is October 12th and 13th. So the immediate significance of this is that recently Caleb Love named a top six uh, and he's only taking five visits, so that means that Arizona is the one school that he's not taking an official visit to. So, I'm missing a visit here. Yeah, you are. Uh, but it certainly seems that um, Arizona is probably out of the picture at this point, especially considering he very could have easily just said, "I've already, I've been to Mizzou a hundred times. I don't need to take an official. I'll, right. I'll use an official for Arizona." He didn't even do that. So it looks like he's got a pretty significant, pretty final top five here. Um, and Mizzou is included in that. So um, I, I still think that Caleb Love is an extreme long shot to land at Mizzou, but it definitely seems that if things might be trending in our favor a little bit, you know, at least a little bit better than they were, um, you know, I think there's been a lot of reports that Conzo Martin is recruiting him harder than anybody. Uh, I think they have a really good relationship, and it would be pretty hard not to have a good relationship with Conzo. Obviously, a super down-to-earth, genuine guy. So I, I still think that Missouri has, there is a shot to, to land Caleb Love. And honestly, probably like two weeks ago, I probably would have told you there's zero chance. Mm. Just forget it. So I guess that's better than nothing. Yeah, Louisville was the one that I missed. Uh, that's right before Kansas. Yeah. Um, Mizzou going first. I don't know if you can read too much into that, but I think I would probably, I, I don't know. It's kind of a double-edged sword. If you're last, then you run the risk of him committing on a visit however with all these visits planned he's most likely not going to commit the first place he visits yeah if he if i was uh if mizzou was third and still seeing north carolina and kansas left at the end i still don't think he'll commit early but if missouri was third then it was like hey, maybe you can get him to commit without like before he leaves and right. goes on these other visits, maybe he'll cancel a, a couple of visits, which we've seen with lots of recruits in, in football and basketball over the years. Right. But uh, the 
thing that we will have to hope for as Mizzou fans is that he does take all of his visits and finishes everything out and then maybe takes some time to reflect on it before committing. Mm -hmm. And this is like a really probably pretty insignificant thing um, in these official visits, but it may play a role. I don't know what Caleb is looking for on his visits, but all of these schools listed here, Mizzou, Indiana, uh, Louisville, North Carolina, and Kansas, none of those schools are are football schools. And this is football. This is going to be football season when Caleb Love is visiting. Uh, Mizzou is playing a, a power five opponent. Hopefully the, the stadium's going to look very hope, hopefully full uh, when West Virginia is in town for the visit. So maybe Caleb will, you know, be impressed by the Mizzou fandom. Um, he may be impressed by us cause we'll be there. He will be impressed by us most definitely. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure we give him a little plug for Mizzou when we're, when we're there, we'll get to talk to him probably. I'd um, give him a t-shirt. I'd give him a Missouri sports podcast t-shirt, but then that might be illegal and, get missouri into recruiting trouble sure yeah don't do that uh but anyways none of these schools are probably going to blow him away as far as like the the fandom that they bring out for the football games that he may be going to also it's before basketball season starts so he won't get to, to uh he's probably been to kansas basketball yeah. game before but yeah. um anyway so hopefully uh mizzou yeah he's not going to get to go to a duke north carolina game that's yeah, in chapel true. hill that's right so hopefully uh, Mizzou really rolls out the red carpet. I think all the students are going to, you know, make hopefully make their banners and, and really uh, make them feel welcome. Oh, yeah. They really love making those banners for recruits. Uh, next item up, I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, Team Cameron won and is, or they, they are, I'm not sure how to say this. We are the seven-on-seven seven draft champions for the Missouri Sports Podcast. So we ended up with 50 votes based on the teams, the seven on seven teams that we drafted out of the Mizzou roster. And Team Cameron took home first place with 60% of the vote. Congratulations. It's uh, well earned. I will say there were a lot of doubters, especially two people in this room right now. And I knew with the, the leadership on the team and that chip on their shoulder, we would come out victorious, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. How does it feel? It feels pretty good. Um, Producer Cameron did bring in his copy of NFL Street Volume 2, <laughs> so I am going to try to put that into the old GameCube and see if I can create some players. I am not going to let the dream die of us getting to actually face off with our squads in NFL Street. Yeah, we're going to make it happen. Please don't let your bias infiltrate how you rate the players i would never okay <laughs> all right i think that's all i have for news unless i miss something you got I think anything? that's it that's it okay so before we preview uh the mizzou season this might sound strange but we are going to actually for about 30 seconds preview the nebraska corn huskers because our very own producer cameron who's back with us for episode 51 he had to make it at least two episodes in a row. He is a Nebraska fan. We know it's unfortunate, but uh, we like to give him a hard time for it. And But we really want to know what he thinks about this year's team, and we're going to give our uh, uh, preview or our projection for the record and see if maybe we can get some side bets going or something like that. So first, Producer Cameron, let us know really how you feel about this team for this season. Yeah, give us your plug. Really make them sound good. Because they are a top 25 preseason team. Yes, they are. <laughs> Which is cool, but also a little bit, well, I don't know if they deserve it. But they ended the season playing well last year, even though they still didn't end with a great record. They held their own against some really good teams. Um, so that's a good sign going forward with Coach Frost at the helm. But this year... If I had to be reasonable, well, maybe a little reasonable, eight and four would be my prediction. Okay. As far as like, I could go with nine and three, but I think eight and four is more realistic. Wow, nine and three. Okay. That'd um, be quite the turnaround. Yeah. From last year. They Kyle, went four and eight last year. Yeah. Let me run you through their schedule real quick. Okay. Uh, first game is, it says USA. South Alabama. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, the, the they're United taking States on the, the national team. team. <laughs> All right, South Alabama or like USA? Le legitimately confused. You were like, <laughs> uh, then at Colorado, Northern Illinois, at Illinois, 
home against Ohio State, home against Northwestern, at Minnesota, home against Indiana, at Purdue. Sorry, my dad's calling me. <laughs> Hello? Uh, we're recording a podcast. <laughs> How's your dad? Uh, obviously, it was very important. He said, call me back later. Uh, I think Purdue was the last one you said. At Purdue, home against Wisconsin. At Maryland, home against Iowa. So they avoid having this have the kids wave at them, which you know at <laughs> sure. Iowa that could really break your spirit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna predict seven and seven. Uh, you just listed off a ton of like just kind of middling random big 10 schools that i know absolutely nothing about yeah uh so some of them might be kind of good and some of them might not be i really don't know anything about them so i'll just go with this is this an even seven and seven okay how's this sound they beat usa okay do they win at colorado i think they go into the i i looked at their schedule i yeah. think they go into ohio state four and oh wow so yeah South, i would say so. but the South colorado Alabama, game colorado they were issues with illinois colorado. okay also they lost to colorado there's last only year. 12 games not 14 Seven, seven. <laughs> oh my god what did you say eight and four so seven and five or five and seven which one do you want let's just go through it real quick they're gonna lose to ohio state at home probably yes four and one northwestern at home loss though. yeah uh, northwestern mm. lost i agree loss four and two at minnesota mm. see this is what i'm talking about it's like i don't I, I, Min- these could go any, at Minnesota and at Purdue. I think they'll, they'll win split. One. Yeah. Okay. Sure. sure. So five and two, they beat Indiana at home. Sure. Six and three because we got to give them that loss. Uh, then home against Wisconsin. No loss. Uh, six and four, at Maryland. They'll win that. Yeah. Seven and four, home against Iowa. They'll lose. I think they'll. When either the Wisconsin or Iowa game. You think they'll beat Wisconsin? Or Iowa. Kyle and I completely agree at seven and five. Eight and four it is. And Okay, but can we talk about the other thing that you said to us the other day that you think they're gonna have more wins than the Cleveland Browns? That was not a real statement. I was just trying to get Cameron. (laughs) Oh now you're walking yourself. Okay. Walk it back. Walk it back, okay. Uh yeah, we did make a a side bet on the NFL season. Uh Cameron said the Cleveland Browns are gonna win more than Eight, eight and a half and a half games and i said disagree i'll take the under for 20 credits or units or dollars whatever you want to classify that oh that we're really gonna have to follow that one yeah i think they'll win exactly eight games and i also think nebraska will win fewer with seven i agree yeah i really didn't think nebraska was gonna win more than cleveland okay. since I they're hope gonna not. have like 10 or something. okay last thing on nebraska are they deserving will they be in the top 25 at the end of the year at eight and four i don't know is that seven depends five, on probably who not. they beat okay well it's i mean if they win the main difference we have is you have them winning one of wisconsin or iowa at home yeah which they're right now ranked 19th yeah. and 20th and most likely they would probably both be ranked by the end of the season. You never know, but probably an eight and four in Nebraska is ranked maybe in the twenty. If late. they beat Nebraska, if they beat if they beat themselves, if they beat Wisconsin, <laughs> if they beat themselves. They're definitely gonna be seven and five. All right. Well, we can move on so we don't lose all our viewers or listeners. But this is what makes football fun. Yep. Thank you. Making fun of Nebraska. Yep. <laughs> All right, so before I just said this, but before we get into the schedule preview, I the other thing that Missouri released is the new updated record book, which is always fun for me because I like to see the current players that have a shot at climbing the ranks. And so I'm going to throw some out at you, Kyle, okay. and see if you think that they'll reach certain milestones. Okay. Let's start it out with Tucker McCann. Tucker McCann has made in his career 45 field goals. That's good for fourth all-time in Mizzou history. He needs seven made field goals to get third, 
which is currently held by Grant Russell. He needs 14 made field goals to get second with Jeff Wolfert. He needs 21 made field goals this year to be tied for first with Andrew Baggett. Uh, he'll be in second at the end of this year. He'll be in second. Uh, Producer Cameron, could you do me a huge favor? Huge. Huge <laughs> favor. And and look up how many field goals Tucker McCann made last season. Sure. So I think he'll I think he'll be in first. You think he'll get over twenty one? I think. Does that make sense? He's at forty five all time. That would be almost half of his total allotment through three years. Yeah. But it's probably safer to say he'll get second. And this year we're going to be even better in the red zone because Albert O. True. And the running game, not going to stall out as much. Right. Yeah, you're probably right. You said so, last year? Yeah. Uh, 24 field goals. First place it is. All right. Book it. Okay. Now the other thing that Tucker McCann is high on the list for is points scored all time. He is fourth. He is... Eight points away from third, which is currently held by Brad Smith. 79 points away from second, Andrew Baggett. 86 points away from first, Jeff Wolford. Now, this is a no-brainer because in 2017, he scored 96 points. In 2018, he scored 123 points. So even if he just repeats 2017, he's in first place all by himself. And that's all-time most points scored by any player ever. You got it. Wow. That is... I, I didn't even think about like what you were about to say Yeah, being like all players. Like yeah. you, you, the first player you listed was... Brad Smith. Brad Smith. I was like, yeah. oh, he's not a kicker. Yeah, because all those rushing touchdowns. Yes. Cool. So a that's quarterback... Now I'm going to look like an idiot if I'm wrong here, but I'm 99% sure that a quarterback does not get credit for points on the passing touchdowns that they throw. It's only the person that scores the touchdown by entering the end zone. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Brad Smith with all those rushing touchdowns and mm-hmm. a couple two-point conversions uh, got him way up there on that list. So Tucker McCann, arguably the greatest field goal kicker in the history of Missouri. Greatest Mizzou player ever. <laughs> I, I, thought what, I thought that's what you were going to say. That's what I should have said. It would have been funnier. <laughs> Are you okay with calling Tucker McCann the greatest field goal kicker kicker in Mizzou history? We'll see how the year goes. Well, I'm saying if he ends up first place. In well, then place. yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who do you want next? Jonathan Johnson, Alberto, or Larry Roundtree? Give me JJ. Jonathan Johnson is currently at 1,896 receiving yards. He needs 419 yards to reach top five and knock out Jeremy Macklin. He needs 882 yards to tie first place, which is Denario Alexander. Last year, he... I should have had all this ready. Last year, he had 737 receiving yards. The year before that, 724. He needs 882. All right. I think he will end up around the 600 mark. Um, just because I don't think they're going to be throwing the ball as much this year. And I think Jalen Knox is going to take a pretty significant step forward. Um, don't know so. what Jonathan Nance is going to do. Right. Yeah, I think they've got more options this year, and they're going to throw less. So I think jo- Jonathan Johnson will probably be in the five to 600-yard uh, range. Yeah, so solidly in the top five, but Definitely. not really getting that close to Denario Alexander at number one. Yep. But solidly in the top five. Um receptions for jonathan johnson career he's at 124 he is 23 receptions away from the top 10 and 64 receptions away from the top five where he would be tied with tj mo uh, last year he caught 59 passes year before that 41 hmm. any chance he gets 64 this year to get to the top five sure yeah that's a chance definitely i think i think that just pure speculation on my part that the way they'll use Jonathan Johnson, I think he'll probably run more intermediate routes maybe this year, less long ball type stuff. So maybe less yards, more receptions. So I think that he could potentially eclipse the 64 or whatever it was, 60 mm-hmm. something. 64. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't, but. 
that'd be a pretty awesome career for Jonathan Johnson to be top five in uh, all-time receiving yeah. yards and receptions. I feel like he's done it so quietly. I'm not mm-hmm. really sure why. Maybe it's just because we haven't been that great in the last few years. But um, yeah, and he's, people, I mean, us included, we point out the drops a lot. True. Yeah, he's uh, a little bit of a liability on punt return and right. some of those short, quick passes for sure. But um, he's had a really awesome career for sure. All right, Alberto or Larry Roundtree? Uh, whichever one producer Cameron has ready. You got Larry Roundtree ready? Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Larry Roundtree is at 1,919 yards, rushing yards for his career. He needs 438 to be top 10, right behind Ish Witter. 852 to be top five with Henry Josie. And just... To show you how far away number one is, he would need 2,370 yards wow. to be tied with Brad Smith Jeez. for all-time rushing yards. That, that is just absolutely crazy. That he's that far in first, and he was a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Producer Cameron, do you have uh, Larry Roundtree's rushing yardage from last year? Um, well, I can't tell if this is his... All-purpose yards, 1,216. I would expect Larry Roundtree to have a similar season to last year. I think he's still going to be the feature back, um, but I think Kelly Bryant is going to be running the ball more. I think Tyler Beatty is obviously going to be involved, maybe more involved than last year, except they might try to involve Tyler Beatty in the passing game more, maybe even Larry Roundtree too. Um, So I think Larry Roundtree will probably have a very similar year to last year considering he stays healthy all year, which – He's stayed amazingly healthy his whole career. I don't know that he's yeah. really missed any time at all. Did you say 12-16? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's rushing yards. You okay. were right. So, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, put him around the 1,000 mark probably. Okay. Then the real question is, does he come back for a senior year and actually have a legitimate shot at that number one spot? I'll say yes. I'm going to say hard no. I'm going to say he is gone to the NFL whether he gets drafted or goes undrafted, I think he's long gone. Well, Crockett has shown that you don't have to have you don't have to get drafted or even have that like amazing of a college career to have a shot at a uh, starting spot in the yep. NFL. It just kind of depends on your situation. So Larry Roundtree may uh, decide that that's a good idea. So you could be right. Uh, then I do want to talk touchdowns for Larry Roundtree. He's at 17 career rushing touchdowns. He only needs four touchdowns to be top 10. 11 to be top five and 28 to be tied for first with brad smith so last year he had 11 rushing touchdowns yeah that sounds about right it'll probably be uh, i will guess he'll have 13 so wow so right up there in the top five yep and again uh comes back for a second season that's pushing it um yardage is a lot more doable than touchdowns for that number one spot a second season i mean senior season all right, so that leaves us with Albert O. And it's really just touchdowns for him. Uh, he hasn't been a high yardage receiver. He has 17 career receiving touchdowns. And 11 of those came from his freshman year, a six from last season. He's two away from the top five, six away from second place. And 14 touchdowns away from tying Chase Kaufman for number one. Um, I don't think he's going to get there, but I definitely think that he could have 8 to 10 for sure. I think last year, obviously, he left a little bit early uh, with his injury. But, I mean, defenses know who he is now. You know, after scoring 11 touchdowns your freshman year, people are going to figure out who you are and how to stop you. You've become part of the game plan. So that clearly happened last year. Um but yeah, he had some. He had like three touchdowns against Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he will have that kind of numbers in a single game again. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see how they use him in the in the new offense. But um, I, I I'll put him in the eight or nine touchdown range, which is still which still be, be great. Solidly in second place. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna say that he puts up an insane season crazy efficiency not a lot of catches but a ton of touchdowns i'm gonna to say he ties denario alexander for most receiving touchdowns in a season 
at 14 and exactly what he needs to be tied with Chase Kaufman for first all time. That'd be cool. And then he's going to be like a 10th overall draft pick. Wow. It's so awesome to see how many just outstanding individual performers Mizzou has right now, even though they may, you know, not have as many wins as they would have liked to have in the last two or three years, but um, they have some serious talent on their team. And obviously having Drew Locke and having the the kind of offense that we've run the last, you know, two to four years um, really helps kind of pad some of those numbers for sure. But still takes an incredible talent to do what some of these guys have done. So it's, it's just really, it's fun to see them achieve, you know, some of these goals and, and records that they're putting up. Yeah. But it's not like they've been insanely heavy in one aspect of offense. I mean, right. we're talking about we're several uh, a running guys. back and two receivers who right. were um, knocking on the door of some historic lists for Mizzou history. So that, I mean, they've been balanced. I mean, even going all the way back to um, when, chase daniel was quarterback they still had a pretty potent running game i remember tony temple um Derek washington um so i think i saw something recently that like 2015 was the only season in the last nine years or something that missouri didn't have a thousand yard rusher so i they've been incredibly balanced for how even though you think of them for the last 10 years of being a, a spread you know high-powered throwing offense yeah Larry Roundtree has really been especially a treat to watch just because I think he's been a different kind of back than we're used to seeing I think we've had so many of those kind of speedsters scat back type running backs in the last five to ten years at Mizzou and um, I just think Larry Roundtree kind of embodies the Barry Odom attitude you know just running north and south just outman you and uh, I I really it's been so awesome to see uh, how good Larry Roundtree's been at his time at Mizzou. Yeah, he is one of the most fun to watch players that they've had in a while. All right, so everybody's been waiting for it, and now it is time to preview the Missouri schedule. Uh, last season, they finished the year eight and five. We both, well, eight and five, including the bowl game, so we'll just call it eight and four for our purposes of the regular season preview. We both predicted this time last year that they would be nine and three. Obviously, we like to be a little bit optimistic, but also realistic. And where we messed up was the Kentucky game. Um, All we needed was to flip that one, and then we were pretty much spot on with our predictions. And if I might add, I threw out some score predictions. Why? I don't know. But I was pretty close on a couple of them. I said Missouri would beat UT Martin 48-17. to The final score was 51-14. Um, I had Missouri beating Purdue by three in a high-scoring game. It was higher scoring than I thought, but they did win by three. And then the Georgia game, I predicted a loss 41-31, to and the final score was 43-29. to So I was pretty close on a few of those. You should go to Vegas. Definitely will not do that. But yeah, we were really close. We both wanted, wanted that ninth win to come against Kentucky. Um, we also had the... You were actually more accurate because you had them losing to South Carolina and beating Florida, and I had the opposite. But um, both ended up really close to what actually happened. And if that Kentucky game, man, that's a shame that they lost that one and kept us from getting our record prediction perfect. Yeah, we'll talk about Kentucky a little bit later, but that was one of the most painful experiences (laughs) of my sports life for sure. So this season... um, the S&P Plus, which is Bill Connolly's, um, uh, what would you call it? A An- analytics Analytics formula. and prediction uh, formula has Missouri squarely at eight wins, 8.1 wins technically, but we'll call it eight wins. So repeating the performance from last year. Um, I guess we can just kind of take it one game at a time real quick and just obviously we'll do more in-depth previews before each game. Uh, so we'll just kind of get our thoughts off the top and quickly predict if we think that Missouri will win or lose. If uh, I'm not going to hold you to it, so if we get to the Ole Miss game in October and we're predicting it and you pre- predict opposite from now, you don't have to stick to what you say now. Thank you. Um, but we'll start with Wyoming, who last season was 6-6, six and six, and Missouri won at home 40-13. to 13. 
I think Missouri will win again, even though it's at Wyoming. Um, yeah. I don't know that the location is going to play into it that much. I think just because I think if this game was like in the middle of the year, I don't think we'd, we'd be that worried about it. But just because it's the first game of the year, Barry Odom teams have kind of started slow in his career, including bowl games, where it just seems like anytime we have an extended break of any kind, we come back really slow and look confused. So uh, obviously there's a little bit of concern there. Uh, just because of like past occurrences, but I don't think Missouri will have any problem with Wyoming. I think they they will win easily. All right, so one and zero coming back home to play West Virginia. We've mentioned a few times now we have tickets to attend that game, so that'll be really fun. Um, West Virginia last season was eight and four. Um, they've got a new starting quarterback. Will Greer has moved on, and they have a new head coach. Dana Holgerson is now the coach at Houston. So. Um, they've got a transfer quarterback from Oklahoma who has taken over the top spot, but they lose their top four receivers, um, but they have their top two running backs returning. So a lot of people who have a lot of question marks about this West Virginia team, how they'll yeah. uh, react to a new coach and all that stuff. They had quite a few transfers, um, but the S&P Plus uh, I looked it up earlier, has them at about six wins this year. Yeah, I think that's risk reasonable because there's so many question marks. Uh, yeah, head coach Neil Brown coming from Troy, which is ironic because Mizzou plays Troy mm-hmm. uh, later this year. Um, but actually, news came out just today uh, that West Virginia, one of their probably assumably starting linebackers, uh, Vendarius Cowan, uh, is going to be suspended for the first four games of the year due to some kind of academics thing. So... Again, just another question mark, um, just another unknown about West Virginia, Right. Um, which in the past, I'm again going to bring up some uh, some things of Missouri past, um, maybe the Georgia game a few years ago when Todd Gurley got hurt, and I think it was Sony Michelle yeah. or whoever was his, no, Nick Chubb, I think Nick, yeah. Chubb was, Nick Chubb was his backup, you know, comes in and runs on us for 300 yards, so... I don't want to assume that this is just a victory because there's unknowns and there's maybe inexperienced players uh, because we've seen in the past that that doesn't matter when Missouri plays against inexperienced players because they just go off on us. So um, I'm going to pencil this in as a win. Uh, I think Missouri should win um, with all of these unknowns uh, and they're at home, uh, but I'm not really going to be surprised at any outcome here. Yeah, I think that... Um Missouri's offense is going to win them a lot of games just because they'll be able to control the tempo, uh, control the opposition's opportunities to score. Uh, because I think the running game that Missouri is going to deploy this year will just control the ball so much and just tire defenses out. And I think the offense is going to kind of carry them through a few wins basically by making it easier on the defense. We saw a few seasons ago where Missouri's offense literally made it harder for the defense. Even when the offense was scoring points, they were still making it harder for the defense. Because they were, I, yeah. like, trying to – they would score so fast. That they would the either score or go three and out yeah. in about 30 seconds. Yeah, so the defense is exhausted after the first quarter. Yeah, yeah. so I think we're going to see the opposite of that this year, and I think it's really going to help the defense. Yeah. So I've got that as a win for Missouri, and I think it's going to be – probably two touchdowns plus margin of victory then uh our 2-0 tigers uh go uh, stay home to play semo and that'll be a win that's a win and then stay home to play south carolina and i just want to beat south carolina i know it's so frustrating to keep losing to them when I legitimately think for many years now, Missouri has had a better team. Yeah, I, th- I agree. Um, Kentucky was, like I said, one of the most painful things I've ever watched in my life last year. But in any normal season ever, that South Carolina game last year would have been the most painful thing I've ever seen. Uh, if you recall, that was the game we played at, at South Carolina. Uh, Missouri was, was dominating. seemed like we were in total cruise control, and then a monsoon out of nowhere happens. Uh, and then there was the play after the break. Uh, we come back. Uh, oh, yeah, there was a rain delay. There was a massive delay, and so everybody gets cold. So we come back to Mary Crockett. 
has a huge touchdown run where he breaks away, but his foot gets really close to the sideline, and I still think to this day that he was in bounds the whole time. I feel like I could see green in between his foot and the yep. sideline, but they, for whatever reason, call him out of bounds. It comes back, and the Missouri ends up punting that drive. Yeah. Um, so that was just devastating, and then just at, then at the at the end of the game, Tucker McCann nails a 57 yard field goal right. to take a three point lead with you know probably less than two minutes to go in the game, and South mm-hmm. Carolina drives down the field and wins. So that was so depressing. Yes, it really was, <laughs> and but it just summed up uh, how Missouri has played against um, South Carolina. And t- yeah. two years ago, you know we. Started the game off really good against them at home, and then they had the kickoff return from Debo Samuel, uh, and then the game just flipped, and yeah. we, we just were completely dominated from that point on in the game. So, um, yeah, South Carolina has been really pesky, really frustrating um, for Mizzou in its time in the SEC. I think this year is the year that we break the trend. I think we win and go to 4-0. So that's what I said last year, and it did not come to fruition. Um, S&P Plus has South Carolina winning six games. That means they're worse than Missouri, according to them. But S&P Plus is really high on Missouri. Uh, maybe that's some Bill C. bias, but I don't think so. Stats uh, don't lie. True. Numbers don't lie. Um, it'd be quite a conspiracy theory if he like created this whole uh, analytic analytical format just to... like he like picked and chosen ways that would make Missouri appear better than they actually are. I'm pretty sure eight wins is very reasonable for Missouri. Yeah, man. I want to predict a win against South Carolina. It did not work out for me last year, but maybe the second time will be the charm. I'm with you. Let's go four and zero and keep it rolling against Troy at home. Uh, Troy has a history of knocking teams off at home. Uh, in fact, I believe they beat Missouri at one point in its history, probably in the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, they beat LSU at home a few years ago. Um, so they've, they've definitely uh, they've been here before. They've been the underdog uh, in a hostile environment. Literally, they've been to Columbia before. They literally have yeah. and uh, were successful. Mm-hmm. So I think, I don't know if I would call this a trap game, but this is definitely a team that we're not going to steamroll like, you know, SEMO or something. Yeah. That'll probably like come back to haunt me when we lose a SEMO. <laughs> no, uh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but, um, and they've got a new head coach. So obviously Neil Brown moved on to West Virginia. He was very successful at Troy. They've been very good the last few years. So um, obviously for so, him to get that job. Right. So some of those players, I think actually went with him to West Virginia, but I'm sure that the foundation of that team uh, is still there. So I think it's possible that, um, they could be dangerous this year. I think Missouri wins, but I'm gonna pre- I'm gonna predict that it'll be close. I'm gonna predict a win as well, which means Missouri would be five and zero, and one and zero in the SEC when they host Ole Miss. And if you can remember all the way back to 2013, Missouri played at Ole Miss last time these two matched up and beat them pretty handily. Uh, James Franklin had a heck of a game, and that kind of was a really big test that season and kind of showed college the college football world that Missouri could play with anybody that season. Yeah, that was such a fun season, but um, yeah, really beat up on all the, you know, kind of stereotypical SEC programs, um, and so yeah, you're right, Missouri definitely made a, a statement that year. Um, Ole Miss is a team that like some of those SEC West teams, we just don't play them very often. Right. So I feel like it's even more meaningful whenever you're able to get a win because you're not going to play them again for a while. Yeah. So and and Ole Miss, uh, they were really dangerous on offense at times last year. I think they re- have the quarterback who's returning. I think, um, and they have a returning coach who I think is his first year last year. Um, so they had definitely have some some things to build on. They have some returning players in key spots. Um, I think Missouri still wins this game. Uh, but the defense is going to have to show up. Uh, Ole Miss's offense could be very dangerous. I feel like we could. The only analysis we're going to be able to give about this game at this point is like the most generic. Like, there's players on these teams, and they will really try hard to win. So I have nothing to add uh, to any Ole Miss analysis. By the time it gets to October 12th, though, we'll have a lot more information about Ole Miss Definitely. to let you guys know. All right, so. 
Missouri is now one, two, three, four, five, six and zero. Now they've got a road trip. We're going at Vanderbilt. Yeah, they have a ton of home games. I just realized yeah. that they're like five in a row. But uh, then they go at Vanderbilt, at Kentucky, at Georgia. Start off with at Vanderbilt. I'm going to go ahead and pencil this in as a win. I think Vanderbilt has had some opportunities to put together good seasons the last few years. This is not going to be one of them. They're going to be back down at the bottom of the SEC East. Not even uh, Tennessee will keep them from doing that. Yeah, I'm going to probably have to agree with you. Um, I still think playing at Vanderbilt is... And it's a tough game, probably to get up for. You're playing, uh, you're playing an SEC game, but it feels like you're playing at like a local Tennessee high school, <laughs> probably. Um, but Vanderbilt's got some good players. I mean, they've got Keyshawn Vaughn, who's their running back, and I think he honestly might be the, one of the best running back running backs in the SEC, if not the best. I think if he played for Alabama or Georgia, he'd probably be All American. But he plays for Vanderbilt, but he's still very dangerous. Had a great game against us last year. Honestly, we barely escaped the Vanderbilt game with a win last year. So Yeah, that one um, was at home, and it was still scary. Right. So this is definitely – and it was like one of those 11 a.m. games. Yeah. It was just like it looked like we were half asleep for the first half of the game. So definitely not a game to completely write off as a win, um, but I think we do win. Um, That's a, as we literally write a W. We will literally write this papers. off as a win, but don't write it <laughs> off as a win just yet. Uh, I think Derek Mason – I don't like to speculate necessarily on – people's livelihoods but don't talk he, about a man's job i definitely think he's probably not going to be coaching at vanderbilt much longer um they've got they got to turn something around so smp plus has him at five wins this year is that low enough to for him to be gone you think probably i, I think don't so know. too i think so too all right so now unbelievably missouri has come out of nowhere to be seven and oh and now we get the rematch at kentucky from the heartbreaking loss last season yeah, I mean, if Missouri is coming in this game 7-0, I mean, they're very possibly a top 10 team at this point of ranked. Haven't played a lot not, of not people Not saying yet. they are a top 10 program yeah. at this point, but they could be ranked top 10 uh, at this point if they're 7-0. Uh, this Kentucky game, man, it's it's kind of sticky. We, we haven't played well against Kentucky really ever at any point in the SEC except for maybe the, the 2013 year. I'm kind of worried that the ghost of our past will haunt us in this game. It's at Kentucky. I think Kentucky's defense is is good. They did lose Benny Snell and uh, Josh Allen uh, to the NFL, but I don't know, man. I think I'm going to predict a loss in this one. I'm going to go ahead and predict a win, even though I know I would bet a lot of money that Missouri is not going to be 8-0 heading into the Georgia game. They're going to stumble somewhere. Yeah, just... there's going to be a loss in there somewhere, even though we can't really pinpoint it. I agree. I honestly feel like home against South Carolina is more of a toss-up than at Kentucky. I think Kentucky will be down this year. Um, they will definitely not be fighting for the top of the SEC East. Um, going on the road is always difficult in conference, but I really think that they'll pull this one off, which means I probably should have put South Carolina as a loss, but we'll just be really optimistic optimistic, and say we'll be 8-0 going into the Georgia game. And like you said, ranked like in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine going... I mean, Georgia, I'm assuming, will probably be undefeated at this point. What if Missouri and Georgia are like a top five matchup at this point? Well, that's... Both teams undefeated. I mean, so they're receiving votes. Missouri is receiving votes in the polls right now. How many wins would it take... I mean, you think after beating South, let's say they beat South Carolina or sorry, beating West Virginia by two touchdowns. Does that get them into that top 25? You think? Yeah. So then add one, two, three, four, five, potentially six wins after that. How high could they get before that Georgia game? You think that I'm thinking, I'm thinking probably the eight to 10 is probably about as high as I could get. Yeah. So let's say that that's number 10, Missouri, going on the road to play number three or four probably yeah georgia i mean if alabama or clemson stumbles they could be a top two team yeah yeah that that could potentially be very exciting and i also think missouri knows that it could it could like culminate to this point in the season so i don't want them to dwell on it too much because obviously that's like you know 70 percent of their season that they have to win to get to this point right but this could potentially be a massive massive game uh i don't see missouri winning i don't know how they could win this game honestly georgia's going to be so good on the road i i see 
like a 2% chance that Missouri could pull this off, but... Uh, yeah, it was as easy for me to put an L on this one as it was for me to put a W next to SEMO. I agree. <laughs> it's really unfortunate, but until... I mean, it doesn't. you don't have to go back that far to see Missouri winning some of these really huge games, mm-hmm. but um, until they do it again, it just Georgia's kinda... just become truly a like, perennial power, yeah. and they're really at the height of what they've been right now. So I don't see that going away for a little while at least. All right, so Missouri loses to Georgia. Their dreams of going to the national championship are probably over, but they have to bounce back quickly because they're hosting preseason number eight Florida Gators. This is probably going to be the toughest game on the schedule for me to pick because I really think that Missouri will win this game. For some reason, there's just nothing that scares me about Florida. Uh, Felipe Franks does not scare me at all. It seems like we always seem to have our way with them somehow. Um, no matter where we play. It ends up being some kind of crazy game with a bunch of turnovers and yes. uh, special teams plays. And the Florida players always make some weird excuse like that they couldn't get up for the game, even though they've lost the game like seven times in a row to Missouri. <laughs> so uh, I am going to predict a win for Missouri in this game. All right. This is getting eerily similar to last season when uh, the only games that we got wrong were South Carolina and Florida because I feel like South Carolina is going to beat Missouri and I feel like Missouri's got a good chance to beat Florida, just like you said. But I'm going to predict a loss just because I don't really know. I, I like I totally get what you're saying, but mm-hmm. at some point, Florida is just supposed to be a better team. Right. And when will they show that in a matchup against Missouri? Yeah. It's been a while, but I think that coming on the road, this could be a really huge game for them. I mean, they could be sitting at... Uh, they could be looking at a situation where if they beat Georgia, they're the front runners now for the SEC East. So. Yeah, it really this game could definitely impact the SEC East standings, definitely. And who gets in the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. All right, so a more fun one to talk about, I think, is a home game against Tennessee. And I didn't even have to ask you what you thought, and I penciled us both in for <laughs> Ws on that one. Yeah, uh, man, I love to make fun of Tennessee. <laughs> I really can't stand them. Um I think that Tennessee has a lot of hype. They do every year. Um, I just don't see them being that competitive again this year. Uh, I don't know that Jeremy Pruitt is ever going to be successful at Tennessee. I think it's a tough place to be successful sometimes. I mean, the fan base, man, is is ruthless, and uh, I don't know. I I, I don't see Jeremy Pruitt being there very long. Um, I could definitely be wrong. Tennessee could end up being super good this year maybe not super good but i think they will be better but i mean i could definitely i could see him finding some success um maybe getting to seven wins this year going to a bowl game and then building on that for the future and then maybe next year we're having a a different conversation or they surprise a few people and end up with eight wins and they're they're ready to compete now but i see more of it as a a gradual thing the fans are just gonna have to be patient right which um, doesn't happen right very, very exactly often. which could be Pruitt's demise but um if they get to seven wins this year and go to a bowl game i think they'll be on the right track it's and progress we, they will not make it easy for us to make fun of them maybe the next few years yeah they're gonna Hope have not. to be they're gonna have to have reasonable expectations for sure which may not happen but um yeah, I, I think that six to seven window uh, win window is, is accurate for them, but I think Missouri beats them. The real question is who's going to be better this year, Tennessee or Nebraska? Nebraska. Oh, okay. Uh, right, maybe they'll play that. each other in a six and six bowl game. That'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so finishing off the regular season, Missouri goes to Little Rock, not Fayetteville, to play Arkansas. Technically still a road game. And seems like Missouri's done pretty well with Arkansas the last few years. Um, Drew Locke had some one of his best games um, against Arkansas. Two years ago, they had a really big comeback, uh, comeback win, one of the biggest comebacks in Missouri history. Yeah, that was a and fun then one. Last year, they just completely destroyed Arkansas, like 38-0. thing, yeah. Jeez. And it was super rainy, and yeah. the field was really wet. And Arkansas could do nothing. Yeah. Oh, man, they're awful. Um, I still think Arkansas is going to be terrible. I think Chad Morris is not the answer for Arkansas. Uh, they're going to they're gonna be terrible again. Um, yeah, not, probably not make a bowl game. No. I mean, if 
Yeah, they're probably looking at four or five wins. Maybe. It's just so difficult to be mediocre in the SEC West. I mean, it's just so hard to gain any traction whatsoever. I mean, when you're in the SEC East, like, I don't know, a 2017 Missouri or something, I don't know, a team that was, you know, had some potential – you know, Missouri was still able to to get some traction and, and to pick off some of those SEC East teams, but when you're in the West, man, it's just if you're mediocre, you're not winning anything. Right. So I think Missouri will easily beat Arkansas again. Um, which, if I, I've been very optimistic in in you this sure in this uh, little scenario here, um, I don't know that I really think Missouri is going to go ten and two, but I have picked them to go ten and two. Uh, that seems incredibly generous and would be one of the best seasons Missouri's had ever, probably, if they yeah. if they do what I've predicted them to do. Yeah. So, yeah, I also have them going 10-2 uh, when you go game by game. Who do you have them losing to? Kentucky and Georgia? Uh, no, Georgia and Florida. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Kentucky. I have them losing to Kentucky and Georgia. Yeah. Um, I'm going to s- – I should – just change South Carolina to a loss and say nine and three. Yeah. This is much that. more realistic, but I'm not going to do it. Okay. Don't do I it. I want the revenge against South Carolina, but yeah, it's like, I, I, re- I really do think nine and three sounds right, but for yeah, some reason I, mean, I can't put my finger on how it's going to go. Yeah. Losing to South Carolina seems like the obvious one to me. And then losing two of Kentucky, Georgia and Florida. Yeah. I mean, I mean, West Virginia could end up being better than we thought. Ole Miss could be better than we thought. Vanderbilt even could maybe sneak into the win column. I, I really don't know. Uh, any one of the, and maybe Tennessee ends up being better than we thought. I don't know. And they've got the whole season to, to get to that point. So right. maybe they have time to figure out what they're doing. So yeah, 10 and two definitely seems like a, in, an incredibly optimistic outlook. Right. Um, still though, worst case scenario, if this team does not win eight games i would be pretty surprised and disappointed yeah i agree i think there's really only i don't know a couple of games uh that i would be at. i don't know what i'm saying eight and four worst case scenario yeah i think i think i think i think seven wins is their is their floor and that would be disappointing that would be very disappointing yeah yeah but I don't think there's any way Barry Odom gets fired after the season, but no. I definitely think it's possible that if they have a poor season, he might be his might his seat might be a little bit warm. Mm-hmm. But I definitely don't think we're talking about Barry Odom coaching for his job uh, no, next year. Definitely not. Uh, and then you always do have the opportunity of a bowl win. To well, I take that back. Missouri does not have that opportunity as of now. Do you have any idea, speaking of bowl games, when is that announcement going to be about the bowl ban? I think it honestly could happen really any time in the next three to four weeks, which is kind of terrifying because the magnitude of that decision and how much how, starting the season without how knowing. little I trust the NCAA to make a rational decision. Uh, it's it's terrifying considering how much it plays into every game. Yeah, they have to overturn the bowl ban. I mean, that. They have to, yeah. I, I agree with you. As a probably biased Missouri fan, I think it's outrageous, and I've thought that for ever since it's happened. I think they should be punished, but the the punishments don't fit the crime. Yeah, when I was looking at the record book and I saw the vacated wins from uh, 2015 and 16, I think, it's like, yeah, yeah I mean, that's – that I, I guess that's kind of an imaginary punishment. It doesn't really do mm, much, right? Because um, even in the Missouri record books, they still show the you won the games. They yeah. played the games and they won. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I don't want to get started on this because I'll go forever. But <laughs> I mean, ultimately, you're the NCAA is punishing the players and the fans who had no no involvement whatsoever with what happened, and right. it just need, it just is common sense. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, you heard it here first. Missouri ten and two. Uh, if the bowl ban is overturned, going to a really nice bowl game. Um, if Georgia slips up, maybe they're backing themselves into an SEC championship game. Like, yeah, just like 2014. I think if even if Missouri goes ten and two, I still think Georgia probably finds a way to get to the SEC championship yeah, game. Georgia's really good, but I think that Missouri will go to a uh, New Year's Six bowl or whatever they call those and mm-hmm. probably end up playing like Michigan or something like that which would be honestly a fantastic season yeah I'd love to see Missouri kind of in that same spot that Florida has been yep. uh, in the end of the season and bowl situation mm-hmm. yep alright well that's what we think about the entire season 
Yep. It's going to be really exciting. I have not been this ready for football in quite a while. It seems like the anticipation for football season is always so much more than basketball because because nothing's happened exactly. in months. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah. And then, yeah, football season gets going, and then basketball season just kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it creeps and, up on you. And uh, it's it's a fun time of year, and Cameron, producer Cameron always makes fun of me because I always think it's like the best time of the year, but there's... Kyle has about three or four best times, <laughs> greatest times of the year. That's definitely true. That's definitely... That, I'll just leave it at that. That's true. <laughs> but I won't try to explain myself out of it. You guys are right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, huge, huge season. Um a lot of a lot of unknowns for Missouri too. For Missouri too, I mean Kelly Bryant. I mean that's a pretty big piece of the puzzle right there. Yeah. So, um, are we gonna have a watch party for that Wyoming game? Probably, yeah. Let's do All it. Right. We'll have to make that happen. Yeah, next week we're yeah. pr- we're previewing yeah. the first game of the it's season here. next week. It's I watched here. a bunch of highlight videos from last year today at work and yeah, yeah it puts a smile on my face on my face just to think about it. So. All right. <laughs> I think that's it for this, I, I, this episode. I think that's it. It was kind of a long one, I think. I'm yeah. not sure, though. We established that we don't have any grasp of time yeah, that's true. while we're talking. Yeah, no, that's pretty about good. how we usually do it. All right. Perfect timing. Well, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We're on Twitter, at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. And you can find me on Twitter, at C underscore Albert Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week.